Mahomes will step up against it, moving laterally. Now throws it, looking for it. Tyreek Hill makes the catch, burning the defender, peeling back left, 20, 15, 10, 5, and into the end zone, touchdown, Kansas City. And Mahomes is throwing it up. He's got Tyreek Hill open and calls it in. Touchdown. Single coverage and a whole half of the field to let the cheetah run as far and as long as he could. You got Hill going back and forth. Got a little spinorama here. You got Hill making the catch. You got Hill trying to dive in for the score, and he does. Well, why not? Little gymnastics, little floor exercise. Second and 12. Mahomes. Open. Hill. Touchdown. So Hill was denied a moment ago, and now he's into the end zone. Every day it's something else. Every day there's something that we shake our heads about. I posted yesterday at PFT when going over the various things that have gone on the past two weeks in the NFL, which feel like two years or maybe two decades. What's next? (laughs) And who would have had Miles Simmons on the bingo card? Tyreek Hill being traded to the Miami Dolphins. That was a stunner. No one saw it coming. Obviously, it happened because the two sides, Chiefs and Hill, unable to work out a contract. They reached an impasse. So off Hill goes, and just another day in the NFL. I, I, I'm wondering what's next. And I, I'm, I want to start the rumor that the next one is Kyler Murray. Of course, if I say that, then people are going to say that I'm saying Kyler Murray's getting traded. But I'm just trying to open my eyes to this crazy one-after-another offseason in the NFL. I saw you say that to Shereen Williams on the show yesterday. So now that you've said it two days in a row, it's like you're trying to make fetch happen here, Mike. And I don't know if it's going to happen. Well, I've been trying to get Baker Mayfield to the Lions, and it looks like that's not going to happen. So I'll speak it into existence. Kyler Murray (laughs) to the Falcons. We'll see if we can pull that one off. Uh, But uh, what what a crazy – and we're, we're so used to it now. It's like slipping into a hot bathtub. Eventually, you get used to it. I think it will feel weird if there isn't something every day. The NFL has fundamentally changed, and a lot of this is a byproduct of the Los Angeles Rams, F them picks, right? You have more teams willing Mm -hmm. to make the move and make the sacrifice because, as Ron Rivera said in justifying the Washington Commanders' search for a quarterback earlier this year, who remembers what the Rams gave up for Matthew Stafford? All we remember is they won the Super Bowl. So from Russell Wilson to Deshaun Watson to Devontae Adams, now we have Tyreek Hill with five draft picks being sent from Miami to Kansas City, a huge contract being given to Hill. And, and the Chiefs, see, that, that's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You need to have two teams who, who view the world very differently. You need to have the Dolphins with the F them picks mindset. I'll go get Tyree Kill and I'll give up all these picks and, and we'll pay him. But you need to have the Chiefs who value the extra picks and value the extra cap space and justify it to themselves saying, we're losing one of the best players in the NFL, but look at all this stuff we're getting to rebuild our team, to go find a Tyree Kill for a lot less money than what Tyree Kill wants, a guy a lot younger than Tyree Kill is. That's the other side of this. You can't have every team say F them picks. You got to have half the team say F them picks and the other half say pluck them picks. That's what you need. That is what you need. Otherwise, these deals don't get done. 
<laughs> I see what you did there with pluck and uh, a word that rhymes with F. Yeah, I was actually I have no idea what you're talking there, about. Yeah, okay. All right. We can we can go on with that. But I think you're right. I mean, you know, MBS pointed this out today in a post at PFT that there are literally a quarter of the teams this year who do not have a first round pick. But I think it also makes it a lot easier to say F them picks when you're either A, going after um, a, a franchise quarterback, or B, you are trying to get somebody who can elevate uh, somebody who you think may or may not be a franchise quarterback. And I want to wish a special welcome into Tuanon today, because I know that you all are listening. But when you have somebody who you think might be a franchise quarterback and you can elevate them into a different realm, yeah, that's why you go after somebody like Tyreek Hill. And I think it makes it a hell of a lot easier to stomach if you're Kansas City giving away somebody who is the caliber of a player like a Tyreek Hill when you've got Patrick Mahomes behind center and he touches the football on every single play because that guy is going to make the players around him better. I think that that is unquestionably true yeah and it's a daring move it's a bold move and I think that Mike McDaniel will come up with many ways to use Tyree Kill in that offense he's not going to be Debo Samuel in the sense that he's not going to run between the tackles but you can see the jet sweeps the little touch passes that have become in vogue in recent years you get Tyree Kill around the edge he runs for 15 yards runs out of bounds doesn't take the hit gets up keeps going and you you revolutionize that offense and you don't need a guy who's going to throw it 70 yards down the field which is good because they don't really have a guy that's going to throw it 70 yards down the field but uh if you can buy enough time for Tua Tonga Bailoa or Teddy Bridgewater you have a guy who can get open and even if even if you don't actually throw it to him having that threat to stretch the field opens up the underneath aspects of the offense for Jalen Waddle for running backs for whoever and wherever they throw the ball on the plays when Tyree Kill is just taking the top off of the defense and forcing the Dolphins' opponents to cover every blade of grass on the field. I mean, that's what the Chiefs' defense, or not the Chiefs' defense, the teams defending the Chiefs have had to do since Patrick Mahomes arrived because he can throw it anywhere on the field and Tyree Kill can get it anywhere on the field. You have to cover the whole field. The Dolphins don't yet have a quarterback who can throw it anywhere on the field. And maybe that's the next step. Maybe that's the move in 2023 is to go get that quarterback. But we'll see how it goes this year. It's going to be very interesting to see what the Dolphins do because, look, they're still in the AFC. They're going all in for Tyree Kill. That's great. They're jeopardizing their ability to to grow a nucleus of young players just to get one guy who's a 28-year-old receiver who's not going to run like he currently runs forever. But they're also in a, a pretty tough division in a cripplingly difficult conference. And it, it underscores the fact that there are a lot of contenders in the AFC and the Dolphins now have to be considered one of them. And there's only seven playoff spots. And this year is going to be nuts in the AFC. Yeah, it should be. But, you know, I mean, you talk about Jalen Waddle and being there underneath. I mean, I, I would say that he's a guy, you know, who runs a four three seven forty, and he can also take the top off a of defense at times. And so with both of them on the outside, I mean, you were sort of alluding to this, but you're going to have more things available for guys like a tight end and Mike Jasicki, who is now back with the Miami Dolphins. And I'm really curious to see what Mike McDaniel can come up with for this offensive scheme. It, it's one of the friendliest offensive offensive schemes for quarterbacks in the entire National Football League. I think we know that based on the way it's spread to different teams, right? I mean, in the two 
teams that were in on Tyreek Hill in the Jets and also the Dolphins both have offensive play callers who came from that Kyle Shanahan tree. Michael Fleur is the offensive coordinator in New York, and he also is the brother, of course, of Matt LaFleur, who now is with the Green Bay Packers. So, I mean, this is just a really interesting move because it makes the Dolphins really dangerous offensively. And I think the fact that they added somebody like John Armstead as an offensive tackle is really going to help them too because that's going to help all that protection and it's also going to help them running the ball as well so they've got a lot of speed and i'm really curious to see how uh, mike mcdaniel is going to use all of these different guys because it, it when when he started to talk about you know the, the dolphins offense and all the different guys who were there jalen waddle was somebody who was really really excited about and so i think adding somebody like tyreek hill can only make jalen waddle better it's just going to be in a matter of, well, can your quarterback get things done in a way that makes them actually take their game to another level? And I think the jury is still out on Tua Tungavailoa when it comes to that. Best receivers Miami has had arguably since the Marx brothers, Mark Clayton and Mark Duper back in the 80s, but they had Dan Marino. That was back before oh, hey, Miles Don't, don't discount O.J. McDuffie, all right? You, Who you, was his other guy? Who McDuffie. was his number better, two? I know, but I'm just saying you you better mention O.J. McDuffie. I said best two. Well, it wasn't O.J. McDuffie saying. and Randy Moss. <laughs> it, I mean, it was O.J. McDuffie and somebody not named O.J. McDuffie. O.J. So McDuffie not, and I went to the same high school, so that's why I got to mention O.J. McDuffie. You got to put some respect on O.J. McDuffie's name, all right? Yeah, but he, like, was there 20 years before you, right? Yeah, I mean, but that years, doesn't... 10 that, years? That, hey... Hawking alums, we support Hawking alums. That's all I'm going to say, all right? All right. Uh, Tyreek Hill emerges from the transaction today with a new contract, 52.35, or 535, excuse me, million fully guaranteed at signing. 72.2 million will be fully guaranteed by March of next year. There's some fluff on the back end. I'm going to post the details at PFT. It was called a four-year, $120 million extension, which would be worth $30 million a year. The last year is like $45 million. So that last year is just fluff aimed at bumping up the average to 30. It's not a $30 million per year contract. I don't know why people do that. I don't know why you'd want to do that. Like, you're already going to get hit up by every friend, relative, acquaintance you've ever had. If people start thinking you're making $30 million a year, everybody's going to want some of your money. I mean, I guess it's not going to be that much different than if it's actually 24. But still, I don't know why people want those numbers to be inflated. I don't when – it, when it's not the truth. But that's part of the – the game that we play and the agents have a lot to do with it because they want to be able to parlay these contracts into new clients. Regardless, it's a big deal for Hill and it's more than what the chiefs wanted to pay. That's what it came down to. The chiefs and Hill were working out a deal. Hill wanted everything. And the chiefs got to the point where they said, we're not going to do it. That's a gutsy move by the chiefs and it could blow up in their faces because you know, it's exactly what the Packers are going through right now. You, you trade your top receiver. Okay. What do we do now? I mean, at least they have Travis Kelsey in, in Kansas City, but Travis Kelsey is going to be a different weapon without Tyreek Hill there, and they better hope they find somebody in the draft. Somebody was asking me earlier, well, what do the Chiefs do now? It's like, well, they use every draft pick they have on anybody who can run a 4-3, and you just, and you, you just <laughs> weed them out. I, that's, what you, that's, that's all you can do, you know? And, and we see all these fast guys. It gets back to the combine. All those guys running 4-3. I remember telling Sims, the bad news from that falls to the veteran receivers because you got all these young guys coming in and they're on weight scale contracts 
and you're going to have teams say, forget about a big-name veteran that wants a bunch of money. I'll just go get one of these guys that runs a 4-3. And Patrick Mahomes is going to make whoever it is look a hell of a lot better, a hell of a lot better than he otherwise would be. That's what I was saying, you know, when we opened the show, right? Like, it, it makes a lot more sense for Kansas City to make a move like this than any other team that would have a, a guy with the caliber of Tyreek Hill. And frankly, I, I think that if you're talking about, like, the weapons that Patrick Mahomes has, Travis Kelsey is probably a little bit more important to that offense than Tyreek Hill. And I don't want that to come off as me taking anything away from a player as good as Tyreek Hill is, who is liable to score a touchdown every single time he touches the ball. But if you look at what Travis Kelsey does, he not only catches the ball, but he is so involved in blocking in the run game. All right, so I guess that makes him just a tinge more valuable if you're talking about those two guys as weapons. But, I mean, whenever you're deleting a guy who is the caliber of Hill off of an offense, it's going to make them demonstratively worse. I don't – and, frankly, as, as long as the Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, and Travis Kelsey, in my mind, they were still the favorites in the AFC West. I don't know if that's necessarily the case anymore. That's because we're talking about one of the elite of elite wide receivers, somebody who Patrick Mahomes would absolutely look to when times were tough, right? You have one of those two guys. It was either going to be Hill or Kelsey. And we've known that for the last few years since Mahomes took over as a starter. So if the Chiefs are going to do this, yeah, you're going to have to bring in somebody who can at least play some of that role within the offense. Hartman's a guy who they've had for a few years. We know he's also very fast. I don't think he's all of a sudden magically going to become Tyreek Hill. I, I don't really see that happening. But I also think that if there's any team and any coach who has enough cachet so that we can say, like, yeah, I think they'll be okay from this, it's Andy Reid and the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it's not like Tyreek Hill was some first-round pick. He was a fifth-round pick, Mike. So right. they have well, shown an ability to draft and develop guys. He was a fifth-round pick for one very important reason. He had some horrible off-field issues, one True. specific. Yes. They got him kicked out of Oklahoma State, Yes, and, and, and that's one of the reasons why he fell all the way to round five. Everybody knew he could run. Good there point. was concern yes. about him off the uh, field. Yes. But, but he and, – and here's the other thing, too, because I saw MDS point out earlier that Tyreek Hill is going to miss Patrick Mahomes more than Patrick Mahomes misses Tyreek Hill. Let me read these stats off to you. Mm-hmm. 75 catches. 1,183 yards, 15.8 yards per catch, seven touchdowns in 15 games. That's what Tyreek Hill did with Alex Smith as the quarterback of the Kansas City Chiefs, not, Pat, not Patrick Mahomes. That was 2017, the year that Mahomes was on the bench, and it was a Pro Bowl season for Tyreek Hill in his second year in the NFL. So Now, I, I'm not saying that Alex Smith and Tua Tonga-Vailoa or Teddy Bridgewater are you know, comparable. All I'm saying is – Tyreek Hill was Tyreek Hill before Patrick Mahomes became the starter. It helped to have okay. Patrick Mahomes because he can get it to Tyreek Hill wherever he is. That is going to be the key. There's going to be a point where Tyreek Hill runs so deep with Tua or Teddy at quarterback, the safety back there is just going to shrug and say, keep running. It's not like they're going to get you the football. <laughs> Mahomes would. Yeah, that's true. But there's going to be a limit to how far Tyreek Hill can stretch a defense because they're going to have in their head what the range of the quarterback throwing the football is. And and also, if you ha you need to have enough time. And if you don't have enough time, you need to buy time. Mahomes can buy time. And and the skill set for Tyreek Hill, because not all receivers are made the same. Tyreek Hill is incredible. Tyreek Hill is the most dangerous weapon who isn't a quarterback, in my mind, in the NFL. He's blazing fast. 
He can stop and start on a dime. He accelerates. He jumps. He gets open. He gets open. The Super Bowl win. He got open on that play, that jet chip wasp play, where Patrick Mahomes pulls a rabbit out of his hat. But somebody's got to play the role of the rabbit. And that was Tyreek Hill. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, that's what I'm saying. It's when it, the times were tough, when it's third and long, when you have to have a play, that's the guy that Patrick Mahomes will look to time and time again. I mean, like I said, it's either him or Travis Kelsey. And so that kind of thing is basically irreplaceable. And he's liable to score a touchdown, like I said, on pretty much every play. Ask the Buffalo Bills how fast this guy is when he catches the ball and basically just runs up the field late in the fourth quarter in that amazing playoff game that we saw in the divisional round this year. I mean, like, there are things that the Chiefs just are not going to be able to do anymore now that Tyreek Hill is not there. And so, I mean, you could maybe make the argument that it kind of allows Patrick Mahomes to spread the ball around more because he doesn't necessarily have that go-to guy or whatever. But, I mean, who cares about spreading the ball around when you have one of the elite of elite offensive weapons on your team? And really, you had two of them. Now you only have one in Travis Kelsey, and they've got to somehow replace that kind of production. Silver lining. Let me say this first, though. The Tyreek Hill outrunning the Bills' defense – and throwing up the deuces at a guy who was closer to the end zone (laughs) than Hill was. That's what's amazing about it. He's doing this to a guy who is closer to the end zone but has no chance of closing in with the angle, and he knew it. Tyreek Hill knew it and ran the whole way. Football in one hand, hands up with the other. Um, Maybe, maybe. I mentioned this earlier, but I didn't really delve into it. What if, think of the tension that Patrick Mahomes has been dealing with, because what does Mahomes want to do every single play? What does he want to do? He wants to run him off his hair on fire. He wants to stop or not stop and fling the ball 70 yards down the field, right, to Tyreek Hill. If you don't have Tyreek Hill, the temptation to hit a home run on any slash every given play is gone. And we saw last year – more of an effort by Mahomes to work the underneath and take what's there. And yes, when you have Tyreek Hill stretching the field, there's more space for your receivers to operate. But you know what? With Travis Kelsey and Juju Smith-Schuster, they don't need a whole lot of space. They're open. Get them the ball. They don't care about getting hit after the catch. So maybe, maybe this is the ultimate antidote to the Patrick Mahomes temptation to fire the ball 70 yards down the field because there's nobody who's going to be 70 yards down the field to catch it. Now, Miko Hartman, I'm intrigued by. Contract year for him. Can he step into that role? That was the guy that they drafted in round two on the draft weekend where there was some new, I don't want to say allegation because it never came to that, but there was a new set of circumstances that caused people to think Tyreek Hill was potentially going to be in trouble again. And he, uh, an incident with his 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 small child and there were never any accusations allegations it never went anywhere but at the time it felt like something was off remember he voluntarily stayed away from the offseason program at the team's direction it was all blown over by the time training camp rolled around but Hardman was the guy that we thought was going to be groomed to be the next Tyreek Hill and and now the job falls on Brett Veach because Byron Pringle's gone Demarcus Robinson's gone Sammy Watkins is long gone and they they still yeah, wait but... for that other guy to step up, 
well, when they get the other guy in Juju, now you need the number one guy. And and I suspect they're going to draft somebody who's really fast. And if I'm that guy, I'd much rather play for Patrick Mahomes than anybody else. So it's going to work out potentially oh, yeah. well. As long as the guy can catch the football if it's thrown his way, you, you're going to have a, a good match. And $70 million in cap dollars over the next three years and five extra draft picks – and, you know, I don't know. We've seen, I don't know if Tyreek Hill was a pain in the butt for them or not. Remember there was that one game where he was, he was getting into it with somebody on the sideline and they cut away real quick and it was like it never even happened. I don't know how hot-headed he is or isn't. But to the extent that, that he is and they kind of exhausted their patience with him, they, they've moved past that issue as well. True, true. I mean, I, I do think that it would make a lot of sense for the Chiefs to go out and draft one of these really fast guys. You know, Mike, it's interesting, too, to me, because when you have an elite QB, so now we've seen this with uh, the Packers and the Chiefs, right, trading away the top wide receiver that was on the team, and ostensibly they're going to have to go out and get somebody to replace that guy, but you can't use one guy to replace Devontae Adams or Tyreek Hill, especially if they're a young guy in their draft picks, right? Like, that's just not something that's going to happen. You, you can't expect somebody to come in and be like Justin Jefferson every single year, Jamar Chase every single year. That, that That's not going to happen, especially when you're picking where the Chiefs or the Packers are going to be picking in the first round. However... I think that there is maybe at this point some thinking with teams that they can go and they can replace different guys at wide receiver in somewhat the same way that teams kind of think about running backs right now. And based on the price tag of what the elite of the elite wide receivers are making now, that kind of makes sense to me. Because if you don't want to pay somebody that much money when you're already paying your quarterback great googly gobs of money and that's exactly what these teams should be doing when you're talking about Patrick Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers right like they elevate everybody around them then you're almost saying like okay well you guys can have the guy that we have trained and we've made better and we think that you know he's probably not going to be as good with your QB as he is with our QB but we can bring in somebody maybe with a first round pick that we then have under our team control for at least four years, you get the fifth year option and maybe you use the franchise tag. Right, so I, I, I kind of understand that strategy from the standpoint of you, if you have a team that has an elite quarterback that you're paying elite quarterback money, you have to use the rest of your salary cap wisely. And that's one way to do it. And, and that is a real trend right now in the NFL. It's something that we've mentioned a few times, the idea that, there are so many great receivers coming into the draft every single year, and I think it goes back to the very basic premise that the seven-on-seven seven camps that happen throughout yes. high school and college yes. develop the receivers because the quarterbacks who are developing through those camps are throwing the ball to somebody. Somebody's getting those reps. Mm -hmm. Somebody's developing more quickly than they otherwise would, and we've got plenty of great receivers. Now, it still is a little bit hit or miss. It's not that every receiver that you draft – in round one, ends up being a great receiver. That's why the Chiefs may need to go for a couple of guys and see who pans out. But th th that's the play. If you have a guy who wants that much money, and again, you need to be one of the teams that doesn't have the F them picks mindset. It's a team that wants to take those picks and use those picks and harvest and cultivate young players at a cheap rate relative to what a veteran is going to cost you. That's 
That's kind of what they've done here. It's kind of what the Seahawks did with Russell Wilson. Before we have to pay him more than we want to pay, let's just get draft picks instead. Tyree Kill and the Chiefs, before we give this guy what he wants, let's just get the draft picks instead. It is a win-win because you have a team now that gets the star player it covets, and you get a team that gets the draft picks that it values, and it hopes that it takes guys that Chiefs fans will say, well, who the hell is that? And within a year or two, they'll be saying, who the hell is that? And then that's the guy that everybody goes out and buys his jersey, and he becomes the new Tyreek Hill. That's the mindset. And at some point, Hill was going to be gone during Patrick Mahomes' career. At some point, Hill was going to be gone. So you either wait for him to retire, you wait for him to slow down to the point where you cut him, or you sell high. They sold as high as they could. They avoided another huge contract. They never really paid him gigantic money, and the contract was structured in a way that protected them against an off-field issue. Now they move on, and you got to trust Brett Veach to do at the receiver position what he did at the quarterback position, go out and find somebody who can kick ass and get it done. Yeah, well, I mean, the other thing, too, is that the Chiefs need some defensive additions as well. Right? I think that they could get better when it comes to edge rusher. Right? So if you, allow, if you have these more picks, then you're allowing yourselves more shots at the dartboard to get guys that can be effective, not just offensively. And obviously, you know, when you replace – when you get rid of Tyreek Hill, you have to replace him somehow. But – and you could also use those picks to get after somebody who can help you on defense as well. You know, you're, you got Justin Reed to replace Ty, uh, Tyron Matthew in the back end. That's great. But how else can you improve yourself defensively, especially when you're going against teams now that have guys like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, when you're talking about the Chargers, you got to face them twice a year. You got Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro with the Raiders, got to face them twice a year. Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, got to face them twice a year. So there are a lot of things that the Chiefs can do with picks like this and with as many shots at the dartboard as you got. Because, I mean, I, I am very thankful, Mike, that we really haven't had to talk much draft yet because, I don't. I mean, I'm one of these people that, frankly, I don't love talking about the draft because you're trying to sell hope and, like, hope doesn't really do much for me. But, you know, when you are with the Chiefs and, like, you have all these top-heavy contracts, especially with the QB, that's kind of what you have to do. And so you want as many shots at it as you can possibly get in order to improve your football team. So it's not – it's not quite just about, like, F them picks, right? Unless he talks about that, he does say that there are ways that the Rams do get extra picks, but they're just in the mid to later rounds. So it's how do you see teams valuing the early picks versus the later picks and getting as many shots at the dartboard as you can get? Hope doesn't really do it for me. I never would have guessed you were a Browns fan, ever. <laughs> well, that's why it doesn't do anything for me, Mike. I mean, how many times will we go into the draft, like, Oh, we got two first-round picks. Oh, my gosh. Look, it's, you know, Brandon Whedon and Justin Gilbert. And, ah, oh, great. You know? Johnny Manziel. That's what I was going to say. Defensive tackle and Johnny Manziel. Or Justin Gilbert and Johnny Manziel, I guess, was that same draft. I don't know. Brady Quinn was another one of those guys that they picked. But I think that was the Joe Thomas draft. So, at least you got one Hall of Famer out of that. I haven't just, I don't know. But like I said, the draft is just that. I don't Well, it's funny because I feel the same way, too, about it, just because I understand what the selling point is and yeah. how the NFL presses the buttons on the fans to get people excited about the idea that you're going to grab that one guy that's going to mm -hmm. transform your team. And it does get people excited. It sells plausible hope yeah. to 
everyone, and you're going to turn your team around. You're going to get a Joe Burrow. You're going to get a Tom Brady. I mean, it's still interesting, but I don't get all caught up in it because the other side of it, too, is most of these guys don't pay dividends until you're two, three, or four. Some come right away. Some, some will make an impact right away, but for the most part, they don't. And what happens is, and then we got to take a break and we'll continue the Tyree Kill conversation. What, what I always get a kick out of, we spend weeks in the run-up to the draft focusing on draft, 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 sell, hope, 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 and everybody knows every prospect 50 different ways. And then the draft comes and goes, and it's like it never happened. And there's maybe 10 guys that we pay attention to when they all get thrown into the vat with all the veterans. That obsession over who the new players are disappears the moment the draft ends. It's just all part of the churning of the offseason, February to late April, all these little details, and they just disappear because these guys are going to be competing with guys who have been in the league 2, 5, 10, 12 years. So anyway, we're both very cynical and jaded about the draft, so at least we have that in common. Let's take a break. When we return, more on the Tyree Kill trade from the Kansas City Chiefs to the Miami Dolphins. We'll be back with more PFTPM right after this. There he goes. There he goes. There he goes. <laughs> that was good. Well done. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? That's Dion Bush. My bad, y'all. I'll hit y'all back later. I don't get yes. it. What did I miss? What'd so Dion Bush, he signed with the Chiefs today. And so he was saying, what's up, Chiefs Kingdom? I'm happy to be here. Oh, and then, I uh, get it. I get it. Now I get just, it. Now I get yeah. it. That's on <laughs> Everybody's me. Yeah. Today yeah, because... everybody's slightly, everybody's li- <laughs> slightly distracted. They really don't give a crap about Dion Bush. Dion, yeah. can you play receiver? Dion, are you like Dion Sanders? Yeah. Are you fast? <laughs> can you catch the ball down the field? Oh, you're a special teams guy? Yeah. Like, why don't you go kick rocks today? This ain't the day. Yeah, that's what happened. Hey, there. Uh, you know, it makes me wonder if Juju Smith-Schuster would have signed with the Chiefs if he had known that Tyree Kill was going to be gone less than a week later. I mean, really, what did oh. Juju know about that? Because I think that's – now, hey, buyer beware. It's not like the Chiefs have some obligation to Juju Smith-Schuster to not trade Tyree Kill. But when you're thinking about your own personal production and your contract is $3.25 million and your incentive package is $7.5 million, kind of easier to hit your numbers i mean i i strayed into this facetiously but now i'm serious easier to hit your numbers when you got tyree kill and travis kelsey so if i'm juju smith schuster and i signed my contract last week i'm at least calling my agent saying what the what the hell i you know i i I picked the chiefs (laughs) i do this seven and a half million dollar incentive package seven and a half million thinking that I'm going to be the beneficiary of all the attention that is paid to Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. I'm not going to be the focal point. And, and now Tyree Kill's gone. How am I going to make my $7.5 million? Now, some of that money is just it's ridiculous. they got to get to the AFC Championship game for him to even unlock $2 million of it, and they got to get to the Super Bowl for another million of it. So, but, but still, still, if I'm Juju, I'm, I probably am having a different analysis of the circumstances this week than last week. Okay, but by that same token, Mike, I mean, can we not say that uh, Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey were focal points and both of them got 100 receptions? So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's almost a little bit easier as long as Juju Smith-Schuster can actually separate. I don't – I mean, 
I understand what you're saying because obviously like Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey draw the most attention. And so then yes, somebody else is going to be open, but like, it's not like you're not still playing with Patrick Mahomes. And now you are really, at least for right now, the guy on that offense at receiver. So there's almost a better shot of him. If he needs to hit some numbers and he's probably going to get more targets, right? Well, here's the other side of it too. You get more than three point two four five million in base salary yes. this week than last week if you're Juju. Just like Marquez Valdez Scantling. I said yes. earlier today we were talking about Devontae Adams. The Packers should have signed him before they trade Devontae <laughs> Adams. Because yeah. now the price for MVS goes up in Green Bay. And Valdez Scantling, by the way, visiting the Kansas City Chiefs in the aftermath of Tyree Kill, all due respect to Marquez Valdez-Scanling, he's not Tyree Kill, but at least he's somebody who can come in and play receiver. So uh, I, I just think that, that Juju, who, you know, he's younger than my son, and I don't know how cynical someone is when they're 24, 25 years old. I don't know, but I'd be like, damn, it would have been nice to know this last week, and I wonder how much they knew it when they were getting me to sign for 3.25 and 7.5 in incentives that I wasn't going to have Tyree Kill here, and they weren't going to have Tyree Kill, and they had a greater need for me than they did the odds have shifted in the afc west let's look at the west first the odds changed last week when the chargers made moves and the broncos made moves and the raiders made moves now they're changing again simply because the chiefs lose tyreek hill they're still the favorite to win the division but they're down from plus 130 to plus 155 the chargers odds improve everybody's odds improve a little bit which makes sense that's that was my first thought in an AFC West that has been engaged in an arms race, the Chiefs basically pulled their missiles out of Turkey today, right? They they, they have limited their arsenal. Uh, I guess that's not the best. And, you know, given what's going on in the world right now, that's probably not, that's probably not the, the, the best metaphor to use. The man, but, but there's hope. You know, they solved the Cuban Missile Crisis. Maybe they can solve what's going on in the world now. But I'm surprised that at it, that the Chiefs didn't, didn't explore the possibility of just getting through this year, tag Tyree Kill, trade him next year. And maybe they were concerned Hill was just going to hold out or be disruptive and not want to be there and try to force a trade. So they just decided, let's get more now. Let's move on now, even if it hurts us in this season where the AFC West is better than it's ever been. Or they feel like they can get some really good value or get some really good players with the picks that they got from Miami, right? I mean, maybe they feel like there was never going to be a better time to trade Tyreek Hill in the analysis than right now. You're never going to get more picks. You're never going to get more value back for Tyreek Hill than if you trade him right now. So, I mean, I, I think all of those things probably go into it, but now they're going to have to somehow replace that production, and it's not going to be easy. But, you know, I, again, when you're looking at the rest of the AFC West, it's not like the Chiefs aren't still the top dogs there, right? We're looking at this guy and Patrick Mahomes. It's not like they don't have that guy throwing the, ball, throwing the football. And as long as they've got 15, then I'm giving the Chiefs a really darn good shot of at least winning the division, if not making it to the AFC Championship game. They, they posted that game four consecutive times. So, you know, when you're talking about the contract escalator and Juju Smith-Schuster's deal, it's not like that's something that's completely outlandish. They've done it. They've continued to do it. And so, like I said, as long as they got 15 back there, they're going to at least be all right. They're going to have a darn good shot to win each and every single game. One topic that I addressed on the website earlier and we haven't hit directly, we, we danced around it with the Packers situation and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. 
why in the hell didn't the Packers get in on this? Yeah. Why didn't they? I, I was stunned because you've got Aaron Rodgers at the end of his career. You traded Devontae Adams. You have the ammunition to try to make a run for him if you want to. The Chiefs would have been able to get him out of the conference. Not that mm-hmm. not that they really have to worry about him with the Dolphins. It's not like the Dolphins are on the Chiefs level yet, but they could get there. This way, you're not going to worry about the Packers until the Super Bowl. Uh, if it comes to that. So I'm just surprised the Packers didn't get in on it. And I'd like to know what Aaron Rodgers thinks about that, whether or not they asked him about it, what he said about it, or did they just say, we, we, you know, we know that Randall Cobb is currently our number one receiver. We know it's going to be harder to re-sign Marquez Valdez-Scantling. We know that Alan Lazard is a restricted free agent who's not under contract. We know that we're going to be drafting receivers and sticking them with Aaron Rodgers and saying, good luck, have fun. You develop these guys when they could have made a run at Tyree Kill and given Aaron Rodgers the veteran presence that would make his life a hell of a lot easier. And just think of what the odds would have gone from and to in the NFC if the Packers had been the team that emerged from today with Tyree Kill. And it's amazing how many Packers fans are are blindly supporting the team. Maybe that's what stock will do. You blindly support the team when I think – an astute Packers fan would say, why the hell didn't we try to go get this guy? Well, especially after, you know, they put out the word through all of their reporters that uh, their, their B reporters, that they were willing to at least match, if not exceed what Devontae Adams got from the Las Vegas Raiders. But Devontae Adams said he didn't want to be there. So we'll look fine. Then try to get a different receiver who will accept that same kind of money. I, like that's and he's also one of the elite of the elite guys. I totally agree with you, Mike. I think the Packers he's better than Devontae been Adams. He's better than Devontae Adams. I'm Whoa. sorry. All due respect to Devontae Adams. Tyree Kill is better. Oh, come on. Are you disagreeing with me? Tyree Kill is better than Devontae Adams. It's not a hot ah. take. It's the truth. There's nothing hot you, in the truth. Tyree <laughs> Kill is a better player than Devontae Adams. He's faster, he's more explosive, he's more elusive. He opens up an offense in ways that Devontae Adams doesn't. Period. Really? You're gonna say I, that? I don't know. I mean, like, yes. I think I'm putting I'm putting them on the same tier of like top three to five wide receivers in the league. I mean, you got Tyreek Hill, DeAndre Hopkins, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, um, Devontae Adams. I'm sure I'm missing somebody who's like in that top tier, but at least off the top of my head, those are my five. Justin guys. Jefferson. Justin Jefferson. Okay. I mean, like, he's not played as much as those other guys, but like, yeah, let's put him up there and let in the like. You know, if we're like tier one, then like beep, beep, like these guys are like backing up against it. Jamar Chase would be in that category too. I just look at it from the standpoint of what in the hell would we be saying today if Tyreek Hill was a Green Bay Packer? What would we oh, be we'd saying be, about the Packers? We'd be saying that the, the that the Packers would be the favorites in the NFC. I mean, they right. they still could be. I mean, I, who's the favorite well, in the NFC right now? Brady and the Bucks, probably the Bucks. Then you got the Rams and the Packers, and then it's kind of like a bunch of question marks everywhere else in that conference. The AFC East odds have shifted now that the Miami Dolphins have Tyreek Hill. They go from plus 650 to win the division to plus 400. That's six and a half to one odds to four to one odds. The the Patriots dip a little bit from plus 350 Mm -hmm. to plus 400. Malcolm Butler, who rejoined the Patriots today, must be thinking, what, what, what did I do? It's not you. It's the guy you're going to have to cover in Tyree Kill twice per year. It's going to be fun to see how the Dolphins incorporate Tyree Kill because it's, it's going to be more creative. 
than the Chiefs did. It's going to be more elaborate. Whoa. And uh, it's, I think it is. I think it is. Whoa. I think what? I think it is. Now, what I you said before the, may not have been a hot take about Devontae Adams, but I'm going to have to, like, pump the brakes on the create, more creative than what the Chiefs did. What are you talking about? I'm not talking the about the... No, they have the gimmick plays. Oh, they have they the gimmick plays. I'm not talking about gimmick plays. I'm talking about... I'm talking about a more expanded use of Tyreek Hill between the 20s, not in the red zone when they have okay. some play that they cooked up in practice and they've been lobbying Coach Reed to use in the right circumstance, although those are fun. I'm just talking about Tyreek Hill moving around everywhere, Tyreek Hill in the backfield, Tyreek Hill in the slot, Tyreek Hill at the X, at the Z, Tyreek Hill lining up as tight end, Tyreek Hill lining, lining up as a tackle, I don't know, Tyreek Hill taking snaps. I'm just saying that Mike McDaniel is oh, going to have all sorts of different ways beyond what we've ever seen. Okay. All right, fine. I mean, like, I just don't know why you're just like as creative. Like Andy How about I just? And Eric I'm not. I'm like, not. What are you talking I, I'm, about? I, no, no. I'm a I'm a Mike McDaniel I mean, fanboy. Like, like, it's nothing know, against Andy really, Reid. I like Mike McDaniel too, but like, let's let's pump the brakes on some of the hyperbole over here. It's not. You're talking about one of the best head coaches in NFL history versus somebody who's never even called a play. And I, I mean, no disrespect to Mike McDaniel. I didn't say he's a bad that. coach. I didn't say he's a bad coach. I just, well, now Mike well, McDaniel's going to do more creative things than Andy well, Reid. Listen, I used to be let a me, lawyer. Let me, let me, I'm Mike Florio. Can I explain? Can I explain? Can I explain, Johnny Columbia? Can I explain? <laughs> Mike McDaniel has to be more creative because he doesn't have a quarterback that can throw it 70 yards down the field. He's got to come up okay. with other ways to get the ball in Tyree Kill's hands. There's a necessity and an urgency to do it. You've got to do it. Yes, you okay, don't just fine. tell Tyree Kill to run a nine route in the Miami offense he's just going to be getting exercise he's going to be getting some cardio some stop and start some bursts some interval training he's not going to see the football if it's two or teddy throwing the ball so you got to come up with other ways to get the ball to him that's all i meant by that i wasn't well, trying to diss andy like, reed well i mean but you did well I, I don't know why you think that's what the chiefs offense was they're not just running nine routes on that either I mean, tyree kill didn't run a nine route on that on that route that we saw just before the break where he's I throwing know. up the deuce come I know. on mike i know i know but my point is the nine route basically disappears <laughs> in Miami. So you got it by necessity and, and you got to get your money's worth with everything yeah. you've given up to get the guy with everything you're paying him. And he's not a quarterback. You got to find ways to get the ball in his hands. There's that urgency to justify why you did what you did. So I'm just saying necessity, urgency, and, and it may be, they may try to get too cute. There's going to be a risk that you get too cute with Tyree kill, but it's that part of it's going to be fun to see what the dolphins do with Tyreek Hill because th this is a weapon that is very unique and uh, it's just going to, it's going to be a fun season. It makes the season even more fun than it otherwise would have been. Let's take a break. When we return some other quarterback news to be discussed on this Wednesday edition of PFTPM. We'll be right back. Now what's your message about getting back to the lead after a few years? I think more than anything again is uh, where my skills are. The best way to tell is bring me in for a workout. Now, we have we have no expectations of what teams will do, but we just want the opportunity to walk in the door and show them what I can do and think my talent, my skill set will speak for itself. Colin Kaepernick working out in Seattle today. He claims that he has spoken to both Pete Carroll, the coach of the Seahawks, and John Schneider, the GM, 
about the possibility of a workout. A trainer working with Kaepernick told TMZ recently that at least five teams have called about Kaepernick. The trainer didn't say who they are. I've tried to find out whether or not that's the truth. I've been able to confirm from someone who would know whether or not those phone calls are happening that it is the truth, and we'll see. Look, here's the bottom line. He's right. All you have to do is bring him in for a workout. What I'm waiting to hear Colin Kaepernick say, Miles, is this. I will work for the veteran minimum. I will accept a veteran minimum contract. He needs Now, I don't think he should have to. And as I've said before, if I'm a guy who gets to the pinnacle of my profession and I am wrongfully shut out of doing the job that I excelled at for five years, I shouldn't have to go entry level when you finally realize that you screwed me and you're welcoming me back. But that's the way it is right now. They've successfully kept him out for five years. If he wants back in, if he really wants to put them on the spot, if he really wants to build a groundswell, and this isn't just about grandstanding or pushing an agenda, and a lot of people are going to think that's what it is. If you're serious about coming back and playing, you say, I will take the veteran minimum. All I want is a shot. I'm willing to let bygones be bygones, and all I want is a shot. And until he says that, I don't think he's got a chance to get any traction whatsoever. Well, I mean, he was just saying in that clip that we played that he, if you want to see where my skills are, bring me in for a workout. And so, I mean, to me, like, at least workout's not – you know, guarantee me a contract or do anything that of that nature. It's just a workout. So, but why won't they do know. it? Why won't they do it? I, why, t- I let's let's have, let's let's have. Well, I know why they won't do it because mm-hmm. the minute you do it, right or wrong, thirty percent of your fan base is going to lose their minds. Thirty percent of your fan base is going to be calling for sure. a boycott. Thirty percent of your fan base is going to be saying Stupid. all sorts of stuff about Colin Kaepernick. So it's not worth it. For the team. And I hate that I'm saying that because it's wrong what happened to him. He did not do anything that violated any laws or any rules. The NFL created a rule regarding the presence of players on the sideline of the national anthem, and they left a defect in there that gave them the power to not stand. The players have the right to not stand. He did nothing wrong, and he was shunned by the NFL. Why? Because he made the robots self-aware of their rights, and it created this controversy that engulfed the league for two years and did affect the bottom line, did affect the TV ratings. It took years for it to rebound and for people to forget it. And no team is going to want to be the one that reminds everyone of that controversy and spins the dial back to 2016 or 2017. It's wrong, but I'm trying to be practical about the situation. No one's going to touch him. I'll be stunned if anyone brings him in. I really will be. Well, we'll see. But I mean, like, look, if Tim Tebow can get a, a contract and be on the Jaguars, different, you know, with the worst head coach of different. all time, I understand well, that it's different. I know. And I know exactly why it's different, especially because if Jim Harbaugh was Urban a Vikings Meyer. coach. If Jim Harbaugh was a Vikings coach, maybe he'd be getting that workout because Harbaugh well, is the guy that had been saying repeatedly. He true. was on PFT Live in 2017, 2018. He said, you could call in Kaepernick. You're winning championships with an S. So. Uh, we, we, we never found out because Harbaugh obviously didn't get the job, even though he thought he was getting it, apparently. But uh, that, So that's why Tebow got a shot, because that's his, because his friend, his college coach, who, and the yeah. worst coach, the one, the one person who was dumb enough to give Tim Tebow a job, gave him a job. That, that's why. Yes. So yes. Kaepernick doesn't have a relationship like that right now. No, he doesn't. But I'm just thinking, you know. I'm just I'm just thinking out loud. Like if that's the I way hope, if we do I that hope he in does. the NFL, then we can do I this hope he does. in the NFL. Right. I agree. Somebody can at least I get agree. a workout. Yeah, that's I, I don't know. I agree completely. But 
The problem is whoever does it has to be willing to rile up the fan base, rile up the customer Are people really going to be that riled up that much this this long uh, after that? You really think so? I mean, I'm sure that owners think that, and I I understand why the owners would think that, but I mean, like, I I don't know. I know what happens anytime I write about them at PFT. I know what the comments are. I know what the replies are on Twitter. You still got that. But Kaepernick was right. And like we, you know, and they've got in racism in the back of the end oh. zones, like, and all the stuff that he was saying, and the NFL is basically embraced a couple of years later. So, I mean, it's not like we're living in a time or we're talking about a league that has not embraced pretty much everything that Colin Kaepernick was trying to say when he started his protest. I agree with you completely. And the moment for him to come back was 2020 in the aftermath of the events that caused the NFL to display unprecedented sensitivity to the issues that Colin Kaepernick was right about. That, that, that was the epiphany that many had connected to the NFL. After the George Floyd, uh, George Floyd murder, Memorial Day of 2020, this is exactly what Colin Kaepernick was talking about. And it felt like the window was open then, and it just, it just never happened. And I think he's okay, – because really – I don't know how much of this is about PR and how much of this is about twisting the NFL up in knots and putting them in a tough spot. This all started because it became obvious that there was not going to be the supply of veteran quarterbacks who perform at a high level that we thought there was going to be. So the Seahawks currently have Drew Locke. Why the hell wouldn't they bring in Colin Kaepernick for a workout when your best option is Drew Locke? Are you kidding me? You've got the Falcons with Marcus Mariota at this point. You had the Steelers, even with Mitchell Trubisky. Why aren't you kicking tires on Colin Kaepernick to see what he can do? And the, the reason is, they, yeah, exactly, exactly. But Sam Darnold versus Colin Kaepernick. I'm sorry, even though Kaepernick hasn't played in five years, I'll take Kaepernick over Sam Darnold. So I, I, I just uh, – I, I, I'm trying to be pragmatic, but also idealistic. And I don't want to be even more jaded and cynical than I already am. I, hey, NFL, <laughs> prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. Prove me wrong. I don't think you're going to do it because I don't think you want the business issues. I don't think you want the complications. I don't think you want any of the stuff that goes along with having Colin Kaepernick on your team. Prove me wrong. It's that simple. Yeah, I hope somebody does. I really do. It wouldn't be the first time somebody proves me wrong. That's for damn sure. Here's a report. Yeah, the Browns aren't segment. looking for a first. Uh, let's take a break. Oh, you, you think you did. Let's take a break. Oh, I, I want to oh, talk oh. about what's going on with Baker Mayfield. Uh, or are we, can we keep going? I'll keep going. We're taking a break. Let's take a break. Or keep going. <laughs> I think we're, we're finally on the same page here. We're going to keep going. Baker Mayfield. There's first? a report that Baker Mayfield is not a guy for whom the Browns want a first-round pick. Well, they're not going to get a first-round pick. They, they, you know, I, I think at some point the Browns have to ask themselves, what kind of a pick do we have to attach to this $18.8 million contract that's fully guaranteed that is exiting our payroll? It's, it's what they did with Brock Osweiler five years ago when they got a second-round pick from the Texans to take on a $17 million fully guaranteed contract. Now, Unlike Osweiler, who eventually was asked by the Browns to please leave, Mayfield would, would actually play for the team that gets him. But if you cut him, he's going to Pittsburgh, right? Isn't that where he's going? Doesn't that, I mean, isn't that obvious? He gets yeah. cut, he's going to Pittsburgh. So you got to find a way to get him to another team. And whether that means you pay some of the 18.8 or you attach a draft pick, you gotta, you got to offload him to somebody else. And, yeah, you're not getting a first-round pick for him. You're not getting a second-round pick. You're not getting a third-round pick. You're not getting a fourth-round pick. 
You know, right. maybe you're going to get a five, six, or a seven if you're lucky. But that's just where it is right now. Even though there are teams out there that are looking, we kind of know what Baker Mayfield is. No one's expecting him to be a franchise quarterback. And uh, uh, most of the seats are taken. And the seats that are empty, I don't sense the enthusiasm for Baker Mayfield. Well, right. I mean, at this point, it's kind of like, well, Browns, are you going to take a conditional seventh in like 2023 or 2024? Or are you going to have to like tuck a pick in there in order for somebody to take on this guy? I mean, the, the, the Browns and Baker Mayfield are done, right? I don't think anybody is going to pretend like Baker Mayfield is going to be on this roster by the time training camp starts, let's say. I mean, it's just not going to happen. So either the Browns are going to have to figure out a way to get him out of the AFC in some way, right? Maybe, you know, even though the Panthers say they're not interested, it's like, hey, guys, like, what if we did this? Would you be interested then? Maybe. You know, Falcons, what if we did this? Would you guys be interested? Seattle, what if we did that, right? I mean, there is a way probably for the Browns to get rid of Baker Mayfield, and they have to do it because it's not a tenable situation with him there on the roster. But, I mean, the fact that, they're no longer seeking a first round pick for him. I mean, that when I saw that reporting initially that it was that the Browns wanted that for him, it was because they didn't have Deshaun Watson yet. Once they get Deshaun Watson, the writing's on the wall. Everybody knows you're not keeping Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield wants out. You're going to have to grant him that request in some sort of way. It's just going to be, well, what team is actually interested? We know he was interested in the Colts. Colts had no interest in him. So we'll see now if there's any team that actually steps up. Yeah, and sometimes your best leverage is we'll just keep him. And that went out the window once they got Deshaun Watson. And I think that's why, frankly, when it looked like they weren't getting Deshaun Watson, their attitude was we're not trading Baker Mayfield because that was the way to muster some leverage if somebody would come and make a play for him. Now you need at least two teams that want him, and there aren't two teams that want him. I think it's the Seahawks. And uh, I, I keep trying to speak the Lions into existence, but I don't think that's going to happen. And, and I, I do. I just think it would be awesome. I think it would be awesome if Baker Mayfield was on the Lions, but it's not going to happen. Another one, too, and we don't have it on the rundown. Now, the Falcons plan to add another quarterback this offseason. Who knows who it's going to be? How about Kyler Murray traded to Atlanta? Maybe that's what we'll be talking about Friday on PFTPM. I'll give it a couple days to, to happen. Not tomorrow. Maybe by Friday. That'll be the big Friday afternoon news in the NFL. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo. I think yeah. the 49ers are in a mess with him, too. too. I think they're in a huge mess. I think they may have to eventually cut him or or keep him. Keep him and let Trey Lance sit on the bench for another year. If there's ego that comes into this that we're not going to get anything for Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, maybe we just say, screw it, we'll pay him the $25 million and we'll let him play one more year and then let him leave as a free agent. Well, just like Baker Mayfield, if he gets cut, you think he's going to Pittsburgh. I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo gets cut, doesn't he go right up the, the you know, the Pacific Coast Highway or whatever it is to Seattle, you know, up the five, I guess it would be. So but that's something that I think that 49ers are probably thinking about where you don't want that QB also in your division trying to exact revenge on you two times a year. The other question is, is Trey Lance ready? And I've heard different things from Mm -hmm. different people about whether or not he really is ready to go. But that's the huge question mark. And what an embarrassment that would be for the the 49ers after all they gave up if Lance isn't ready to go. We aren't ready to go, but we have to go. We're out of time. See you tomorrow morning for PFT Live.